Hello, diary listeners. I had the good fortune of being asked this past week if uh, a good friend of mine could be on the podcast. And uh, I'm really happy that he has joined us. His name is David Dahl. And this diary entry is called White Pilled. Enjoy. Welcome to the Apprenticeship Diaries, where raw meets refined. Let's be real, we're still working on refined. <laughs> what it took, what it takes, and the stories that are made. Join us as we learn from professionals about how their stories begin. Diary listeners, today I'm here with David Dole. He's a good friend of mine. We've known each other for a very long time, different levels to our friendship. And uh, you have uh, coined yourself a liberty movement activist. And you told me a lot about that, but I want you to tell our listeners, like, what does that mean to you? Um, Sure. So the liberty movement, uh, well, I don't know if you said I was in the Libertarian Party. No, I didn't. But I also yeah, okay. didn't say thank you for being here. Thank oh, you. And oh. hello. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're welcome. And hello. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, well, I'm in, you know, long story short, I am involved in the Libertarian Party, but the Liberty Movement, I see as a, as a lot bigger. Um, we tend to, in the mainstream uh, way of things, see the left and the right and then the people in the middle called the centrists. Um, whereas uh, we might look at this uh, in a different fashion would be more authoritarianism or more uh, liberty. And so we we completely see a, a different paradigm. So uh, people who might be on the left or on the right, but they're more liberty leaning, like they're part of the liberty movement. And then anybody in between and towards the anarchists, you know, that's that's one big triangle. The look, but the lower half, the the anarcho side, not the authoritarian side. Uh, so when I get involved in anything political, um, I'm not looking per, you know, for libertarians per se, but just anybody who wants to decrease government, uh, you know, um, and increase personal liberty. I got you. I think that's a good way to, uh, to see it. And you've, you've been, um, in this a while now like uh ever since i mean you weren't when we when we met per se um but i do think that that was your spirit (laughs) so (laughs) well it's funny like my both my parents are republicans uh i think my my father more the maga type um and so i had certain preconceptions you know from uh childhood and uh i remember um a lot of emotions around 9-11 um, and then I also remember a friend of mine, you know, just dropping some libertarian bombs here and there, planting some seeds. And I uh, didn't really think much of it. But then uh, years later, I kind of I came across a, a, a campaign ad for Ron Paul in 2008. I was like, oh, my God, like I'm actually confronted with new, uh, fresh information. Uh, this guy isn't being a jerk to me like I see a lot of politicians being. And uh, he makes a lot of sense. And I went down the rabbit hole. Yeah. So 2008, well, I guess prior to that, but 2008 is like really when the the passion like started and the interest that just kind of took off. Am For I, me personally? I, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, 
it, it's it's um I guess cathartic sometimes when you're you're made aware that you have made a mistake or you know you 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 uh, have a perception I'll say that you have previously been uh, wrong about your your worldview um it, it there's something nice about like giving back you know paying penance for what you perceive as like wrongdoings now you know granted uh, I had nothing to do with uh you know, the war in Iraq or uh, the Federal Reserve printing out trillions of dollars, um, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, I still voted, you know, Team R just out of, you know, social habit, not knowing like the quality of the individuals that I was voting for. And so, yeah, ever yeah. since then, it's been kind of like paying penance. Yeah. Well, and, and what you mentioned is uh, very similar to recovery uh, when you have to make amends afterwards yeah. or at least admit it and you're right it's it's very good to um i mean i think most most of the time what people need is reflection <laughs> and, and you know it's it's a really like you said uh with ron paul as and we share love for ron paul for sure he's i don't i don't really think you can say anything bad about the guy i mean not that i know uh and in every kind of view that i've looked at him i'm like wow that's a pretty stellar human and um so it, it's a really a beautiful thing when you get the gift of that in a person that can just like you said change your world view but in a very kind and very um i don't know it I, I think that that's part of this podcast is that, you know, I, when I started it, I, I understood a lot about my own journey. I've been wrong a lot, a lot. Uh, but the blessing, right? Exactly. The blessings that I've had is that I've had a lot of amazing mentors and a lot of Ron Paul's in humans that have really had the love for me enough to be like, Hey, uh, you're you're kind of dancing on something that might not serve you well long term you might want to rethink that um so yeah that's that's awesome so 2008 yeah i think what what sticks with a lot of people it's you know it's not necessarily that ron paul's premise his politics whatever it's just that he was a good-natured human being and he was willing to work with other good-natured human beings on single-issue coalitions with so many different groups um, I mean, even working with the far left on anti-war, you know, stuff. And it's like the that kind of character. That's what you see in generation after generation, regardless of what message they're they're pushing. They're they're doing it in good faith. And we, we recognize that in society. We say, like, that's you know the difference between a statesman and a politician. You know, you know, a statesman when you meet them, you might not agree with them on the issues. You might even vehemently disagree with them on the issues. But at least, you know, that like. You know, when you go to debate them, that they're going to treat you like a human being. Yep. I think the thing that stood out for me, and I do think it was around 2008. Uh, it might. Well, it was certainly 2008 and after uh, I saw something amazing about Ron Paul uh, because he addressed Congress several times about the economics that would eventually lead to, lead to the 2008 housing crisis and it was prophetic and yep. you can watch it he addressed them multiple times with the same urgency telling them that this was going to happen and how they needed to change things 
And, and that's kind of the kicker for me because, you know, I, I come from a, a small business family. I call come from Republicans. I'm registered Republican. I always have been. Um, I, I think I'm very middle of the ground minded. I always try to be, um, I never looked at my party, you know, affiliation as any kind of determinant about who I am and what I had to be. Um, it was more so, you know, like, where do I lean more and, and who, who do I enjoy more on that spectrum? But, um, and it's, it's consistently being Republicans, honestly. <laughs> oh, and that doesn't limit you in the general election. So, but I, um, when I saw and met Ron Paul, my mom showed me him and we have a huge, like, you know, understanding of money and things like that in our family, which money to me is not political. It's, it's based in math. It's based in ethics. It's based in, you know, things that you can actually predict and look at if you have a mind for it. And for me, that, that is not, that's not bound in politics. That's bound in intention. And when you are going before people and saying, this is really bad, we need to change this. This is going to happen. And there's no one listening and there's no benefit to you really. You know, you're, you're just calling it out because you know, it's going to be epic and awful for everyone. Yeah. That's, that's the character of a human. And like, like we said, you know, just in the very micro level of it, he did that for you just in spirit, just for you personally, but on yeah. a macro level, he was, he was doing that consistently for this country. So oh, yeah. I, yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> what was amazing. Well, it's funny is um, being in the libertarian party. Now I'm one of the younger, uh, well, not now, but um, I have been the young, one of the younger people, but you know, back in 2012, Ron Paul, uh, I was one of the eldest and I was in my late twenties, but most of the kid, most of it were college kids. Mm. And uh, just to see, uh, you know, a, a minivan full of college kids uh, going out and door knocking for Ron Paul in, you know, in a neighborhood near the campus or whatnot was just, you know, and just beaming from ear to ear as, you know, as they're like walking down the door, you know, walking down the street, like just uh, uh, Liberty brings people together. That's what he said. It's true. It really does. It really, really does. Um, what after, what did you, like, you know, I, I know that you don't want to go too deeply into your personal life and that's fine. I don't think you have to, but, you know, and, and it's not necessary for this conversation. Um, but um, like, what was next steps? Like, you know, what inspired you from there? Like, what did you want to do after you found this guy? You know, like for lack of a better word, it's kind of a guru guruish kind of person. Right. So like what was next steps? Well, uh, you know, there's the a famous meme from back in the day, you know, us us old boomer types of the uh Morpheus from the uh what's the 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 Matrix and he's got mm -hmm. the red pill and blue pill in his hand, but then somebody had uh uh changed it so it's Ron Paul's face, still with the same sunglasses, right? And so, you know. Ron Paul wasn't promising us, uh, hey, just take this pill and everything's fine. He's like, no, you're going to go down the rabbit hole and you're going to discover this shit for yourself. Mm -hmm. So like when, you know, when you when you have a worldview and then somebody's like, no, that's wrong. And this is your worldview over here. 
you know, it takes a while to digest that. So for years, you know, I was just uh, doing my own research and finding different podcasts. You know, it's like once once, you know, you can't trust the corporate media. It's like, OK, now where do I go? Right. Yeah. So you have to discover that. I remember I, I well, shoot, the shirt I'm wearing has uh, Infowars.com on it. You know, like I I blacked it out because like, oh, my goodness, that the heat, you know, when I first got uh, introduced to all of this, I'm I'm heading down my path and I'm like, oh, Alex Jones, like this guy's, you know, he's he's making a lot of good points. And then and then the Sandy Hook thing. And then like he. uh at some point you have to distance yourself from, from, from people with some of their, some of their things, you know, it's like when you're, when you're right 99% of the time, but then you're uh, wrong on a big one. Like you see what happens in, in, uh, the, what was it? The cancel culture. Oh yeah. Well, but yeah, it, it took years to just find information in order to like bring myself up to speeds, so to speak. Um, and that's, that's the journey. Yeah. Um, absolutely. I, I, uh, in your shirt, just so that people know says Tyr tyranny response team, which I do think that that's a really a good, a good shirt. Um, regardless of who, and it works wherever I go protesting. Yeah. Nobody yeah. ever has a dislike for my shirt at any <laughs> protest, whether it's black lives matter or reopen Maryland. Like, it's just like, everybody's like, yeah, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, man. <laughs> like we all get it. <laughs> yeah it's it's uh it 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 puts a finger on it <laughs> for sure yeah dude i i um i i uh i hear you i've had a general philosophy is that um and and i've been on this path for a while now uh it actually came to me and the listeners know um and you know backstory of me as well but i actually stood before god and prayed in in a mental ward when everything was going to be taken away from me that god if i have to live a life of quiet desperation if i have to live a life where everybody dictates this for me just strike me dead and <laughs> i'm still here <laughs> and it was right. It was a moment where, you know, when when you go against, and, and I try to explain this to people, you don't know what it feels like until you've, you've really stood earnestly before God and said, I don't care about what other people think. If I have to live a life that is conditioned on what other people want, kill me and mean it and mean it and be doing so in a mental ward where every I couldn't even hold a pencil without observation you know like I had somebody checking in on me every 15 minutes to see if I was whatever I don't even know I don't even know because I was not in there for the right reasons um but I was in there and I was in there because my family put me there and, you know, I still, I don't, I don't hate them. I don't anything, but like, you know, that was a severing of what you're talking about of like, you know, these people in your life where, you know, they, they love you deeply, but they are not the ones that can dictate anything to you. Their love for you can sometimes blind them to, to giving you good advice and giving you something that you need 
to understand for yourself. And so when you follow people blindly and you know, whatever you, you very much so like, and I, I think that that's a great thing that you said is that, you know, you just had to go on this journey of where it's really about learning about what moves you, what you're about, what you're going to believe in acquiring critical, critical thinking skills, you know, really that's, that's hard to do. That's really hard to do. And, you know, uh, for me now, I can't, I can't even like, I can't even break it down for people. They're like, why are you doing this? I'm like, I don't know, dude. I don't know. I'm just being called to it. There is no reason. There is no reason. I, I can show you scribblings and books. I can see, I could, I could try to tell you how I led up to this. It's all there. Like Joe Rogan, the internal mechanism was there. It was there. Um, you, you probably didn't see it and there's no reason for this utter it's illogical it's completely illogical it's Um, human but i mean it's it's kind of beyond human though like it's Mm -hmm. it's a calling from something beyond i was listening earlier just to share with everyone and you i was listening to mirror christianity by c.s lewis and he was talking about he was talking about how people try to bring bring about this idea of natural law and he's like there's you 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 can't think it's instinctual because instinct might ask you to run away from something wouldn't self-preservation like ask you to run away from something there's something within you that asks for you to go against every bit of reason that is there right to help and to do something and there's get like you can't deduce that to to natural law like you can't you got you it's something higher it's it's something that's called of you that is higher and so i just you know i just know it's there now and i just trust it and i know it has a lot better understanding of what's right for me than i do for myself because in every time that i've had the hubris to do what i think uh i have been able to look back and be like oh oh um <laughs> that was uh that 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 uh and like i said when when you are red pilled or however you want to put it given this matrix pill where you adamantly are asking for full accountability and you say i want to be accountable oh baby you are in store but i love it because it allows me to learn it allows me to become better and there's right. no amount of betterment or growth or creation that doesn't have pain, that doesn't have, like you said, this this horrible awareness that comes over you where you're like, oh, crap, not again. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. I was just talking to a, a coworker. Uh, I, I gave him a ride uh, to the bus stop. So we, we talked for like 10 minutes down, um, on the way home. And I was just talking about losing old toxic parts of you that you don't want anymore and at first it's scary but eventually you like you get to the point where you like happily look forward to peeling an all off another layer of toxicity to get to like the real you and uh i don't know i just now i'm just like oh that's a lesson i needed to learn right there's a lot of moments of more more of like uh politics it's only one thing is 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 to stop um stop responding to people like uh especially online you know like oh well that person's wrong and i have to like prove them wrong and put them in their place 
And then eventually I realized like this, this doesn't do anything for anyone except for like, give me a false sense of like, like a, some sort of achievement. But, but in actuality, like all I'm doing is upsetting like everybody who has to read these long threads of nastiness, you know, even if like you're trying to be the bigger man and they're just intentionally being a troll, like, like, why are you talking to that person? They don't deserve your response. And like, Ooh, that's another big, like, yeah. I, I don't have to respond to these people. Like, I don't have to give them the light of day. I don't have to acknowledge that they exist unless I absolutely have to in like a, uh, business sense, you know, mm -hmm. like, um, if I'm involved with somebody politically, uh, you know, it's funny, I can reach out to people on the left and the right. And as long as like, we have one issue in common, and they're like decent human beings, I would much rather work with them than to work with somebody who is an anarchist like me agrees with me on like 99.99% of the issues, but it's just an asshole. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just not going to work with you. I might block you on social media. And just, you know, like, I'll respond to you on our official emails. Like, you know, like, other than that, man, I'm yeah. going to live my own life and I'm going to put, I'm going to set a healthy boundary and I'm going to work over here. And like, I'm going to be, I'm going to swallow my pride, you know, and, uh, and, and be the bigger man when I have to engage with those people. But otherwise, yep. nope, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be uh, and the anti-troll. Well, and the, the ego is, it's, it's a hard thing to conquer, uh, for sure. I, the, the, oh, yeah. the, the thing that I, I tried, I still interact. Um, I still feel an obligation, but my obligation for me is I think planting seeds. So what you yeah. said was very potent because the whole goal, if you're dealing with any relationship is that you, you want to come together at least, you know, like, cause otherwise right. why, why are you? Why are you engaging with anyone? So if you find a block right. to that, then the the thing to focus on is like, how will this, how will we move forward? Like, what could we do to move forward? And if you can't, if you can't do that, then you have to think about, you know, what is more loving in that situation? If removing yourself is more loving, then yes, break apart. But if you can think of something that you're willing to concede in, in order to move forward, then that's a negotiation strategy to where you're going towards a greater end. And I, I try to always think that now when I'm engaging with people online of any kind, um, whether they're foreign to me or, you know, they're very personal to me is like, this isn't about winning. I don't want to win. I don't want to be right. This isn't yeah. about right. This is yeah. about <clears throat> moving forward and I really want connection and I really want us to do really cool things together and to create a future that is more beautiful for us and the people, you know, behind or in front of us rather. And, you know, for me, it's about planting a seed. So if I know that I can plant something, anything. Um, whether it be a book reference or it be like a, just a clip from something, you know, just anything that I think might turn their head a little bit and give them a slightly different perspective, much like what was done to you with your friend who started talking to you about these Liberty concepts where your this light bulb went off up and you're like, you know, yep. I feel my heart, you know, I feel like, you know, my body going, yes. Um, 
that's what I want to do for people. I want to give them that. And I do think that that's my obligation because I think that that's, um, I don't know that I think that that's the thing that will invoke all the things that all of us want. That's, that's yeah. the act of love, you know? Um, yeah. so that's what I feel like I owe to people. And if it comes down to the, like, remove myself, that's an act of love. And now I just, you know, a lot of people see it in a bad way, but I think of it as the one thing that I can possibly do for you. And I say, I'll pray for you because that's all I got. I do, I do see it as something. And I do see it as something that is very grand. Um, right. and, and it is for it, for me, it's such a gift because that whole, like wanting to argue with somebody and mm-hmm. that codependency thing of like, I have to be the one, the one that like inserts this knowledge. I just think to myself, no, you know, like there was a lot of people that put this knowledge in my head, you know, this, this being that is Amy now was a culmination of so many inferences that, that I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna plant a seed and then see what grows. And if nothing does, then I I wasn't a part of this person's story and that's fine. That was a good uh, Bill Burskit. He was talking about like how he doesn't want to have kids because he doesn't want to bring like another mouth breather into the world and like fill up that kid's head with all of his bullshit, you know? And like, I, I, I kind of feel the same way. I'd rather adopt some poor kid, you know, off the street is, you know, than then just to bring in another, you know, uh, mouth breather taking up a lane on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> well, but he does. I think he has a kid now though too, right? I think yeah. He, I think too. Yeah. I think yeah. too. But you know, he's not just a mouth breather. He's a he's a very famous comedian. So I guess he's earned those two kids. <laughs> I mean, I think with com- com- comedians, you know, that's another that's another force that like they have such heavy influence. And I think the seed that they give us is self reflection in in a oh, way yeah. that we can laugh about and make right. us consider things. But they're not, you know. I think that it's very important to always keep in mind that they're very self deprecating and like what Joe Rogan said, who is a comedian, the shit that goes on in their head is, is so ob- obnoxiously bad that the, there's nobody in the audience that's going to confront that, which is why they're able to stand in front of the audience night after night and get ridiculed. And it's like, dude, you ain't gonna, you ain't gonna knock me down. Um, right. I can, I, it's nothing compared to this. And I think that's something that people really have to, um, you know, have some, awareness of when it comes to comedian is that whilst they're making you laugh understand that the majority of their life it's really just a struggle for them to function (laughs) right uh if if you want a good pick me up you know after thinking of how bleak it is to be a comedian like i love watching on youtube uh videos of the comedian owning a heckler Mm-hmm. And there's just, there's just too many. If you type that in the in the search, you're just you're just gonna get dozens and dozens of these videos and compilations and whatnot. And just watching uh, abusive people, you know, who are too drunk to realize like they're a guest, right, in somebody else's house, and you don't piss on somebody else's rug, like so, like heckling the comedian who is being paid by the establishment to you know to keep business going. I mean, if he's that bad the management should, you know, pull them off the stage. They used to do that. You know, they bring out the little crook and grab them by the neck. But, you know, just to be that, be that guy. That's Did like they? Sitting there. Or was that, was that in cartoons? I, I think that's in the cartoon, but you know, we can embellish. So, 
but you know, just to just to be a prick and just so hoo, 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 you know, and make some comic, especially if they're good. That's that's the best ones. It's a good comic who's just like, I'm tired of this. I mean, speaking of Bill Burr, he started getting booed in front in Philly, and they just yelled at the crowd for 15 minutes. Um, uh, but yeah, all right. Anyway, I'm sorry, off topic. No, no, no. I mean, it, I think it's on topic. It's actually when we were talking about that, like um, a, a very uh, big libertarian in, in is uh, Doug Stanhope. He's a big one. And that is a guy that when you watch, you're like, oh, it's, it's rough to be a comedian because he doesn't make it look uh, glamorous <laughs> at all, <laughs> at all. <laughs> but he is like major libertarian and you know, like you can almost smell the cigarette smoke coming off of him, even through your computer screen. <laughs> What's his name, Doug? What? Doug Stanhope. Have you not seen him? I will look into that after after this show. Oh man. Okay. Yeah, I think you'll I think you'll enjoy him. I I I'm not up to date on a lot of my comedians because honestly, um, it got weird during COVID, and I I since then we haven't had very many like actual um things to laugh about i feel and and things have been so marred by uh wokeness and just the, the hollywood stuff there's been a few things i do i would like to shout out the marvelous miss Maisel from prime is stunning it's such a great work um i really love that series um but yeah, there's there. I, I kind of fell off with listening to comedians because um, that and I, I say this very um, confidently, like Doug Stamhope, I, I would feel confident in Joe Rogan. Yes, because I do think that there are people who already had that very liberty mind. But a lot of other comedians, I think, have a lot of fear. And when their comedy specials came up during that time, you you they were they were like really yelling at people and like in a in a big way and they were picking sides in a very big way and i was like mm, 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 no like you're you can have your views and you have your crowd and that's fine but um i don't find you funny right now <laughs> and that was kind of how i felt um and you know hey i'm not gonna be the dick that's gonna heckle them i'm just gonna keep scrolling <laughs> so I'll, I'll just remove myself and that's that um and you know you don't have the ability from where i'm sitting to have that kind of back and forth with them and i don't even know if they'd appreciate it you know like it's it's just like one of those things so um you're either a part of the show and you went to go see the show and and suck it up and laugh or leave but that's kind of the options you have um and I get it and that's kind of how it is for me as being a professional creative this is like you know somebody came over to me to try to dog me out about my art I'm I, the first thing I want to say is like where the fuck is your portfolio let's look let's look at it I want to see it I want to see your portfolio at least like if if it's awesome if your portfolio is awesome I'll take the critique I'll take the hit but if you don't got nothing bro I'm not listening to anything you have to say. Like, have at it. But I don't know why you're spinning your wheels over here. Oh, man, that happens in my industry uh, way too often. <laughs> yeah. Way too oh, it's all industries, which is why I like this this kind of formula where I kind of went off of tattooing mm -hmm. and kind of started going into because it was a lot like, 
you know, I, I love meeting my clients, you know, so many of my clients are such interesting people. They have such really cool lives, even if they're, even if they're not in a profession, like I know a, a mother, uh, that I just worked on the other day and she's a, she's a chemist and she's incredible. And now she's a mom and she does these awesome baked goods now. And it's like incredible. And, and like, she brings me these like baked goods that are, look like they came out of a legit bakery. And I'm like, the hell dude. And, and like, that's just one note of how awesome she is in so many different ways. Like, so for me, you know, uh, before when we were, you know, discussing about how this podcast was going to go, I was like, well, you know, let's let people meet you because, you know, I want people to own their stories. I, I want people to, you know, know that the reason why they're here is because they have purpose and they would not be here if there was no purpose and own it, you know, right. Put yourself out there because, you know, it, it, there, it matters. And, it either matters or it doesn't matter. And I would rather think things matter. Um, that's a much happier worldview as far as I'm concerned. The don't matter shit, I, I have no interest in anymore. That's where I'm going to get very black and white. It all matters. And, um, and if you're willing to discount it as not mattering, it's typically people who think that they're losing an argument or feel that they're losing an argument that, that switch and go, ah none of this matters anyway it's like oh but you can't have it both ways boo boo you engaged now we're going to finish <laughs> it matters you just don't like what i'm saying <laughs> so you know yep. yep 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 so so um you know you've done a lot of things uh and you've also done it in different states uh you you started mm -hmm. out in virginia beach right yep yeah yeah. Uh, and so I had bought a house or a condo in Virginia Beach. So by the time 2012 Ron Paul uh, campaign comes around, that's where I was at. And uh, I remember I got a Facebook friend somehow, like a random friend request from some random guy. And then like he knew about like the Ron Paul campaign and they were meeting at this restaurant for like their, you know, their first meeting. A lot of the 2008 volunteers are coming back as near 2012 so i just end up at this uh you know the the private room of this in the back of this restaurant with like 20 other crazy ron paul supporters and just and boom there we were you know um that was it, it's funny like you know, you're talking about like just working with positive people and like everybody everybody who was showing up to volunteer were just like positive people. Like you had plenty of people online, you know, hurt, <laughs> but uh, you know, for the most part, just like the people who were uh, organizing for the primary and for the convention process and all that were just outstanding human beings. Um, once again, you know, Ron Paul said Liberty brings people together, but just like having a positive message, you know, we saw that with uh, the Bernie campaign. Like I'm not a, a particular supporter of Bernie Sanders, but like I at least acknowledged that a lot of the people who were uh, supporting him were wholeheartedly doing so, thinking that, you know, he was going to bring about some great change and help help people just the way that I viewed Ron Paul. And like to, mm -hmm. so to, to uh, we had uh, plenty of people who were supporting Ron Paul and Bernie, you know, and it's just like they, they just they just got the the, the positive vibes. Um, so yeah, um, but so I did that. So I was in Virginia Beach. 
uh, for until 2006, 17, and then moved here in to Maryland 2018 and been, been involved with the Libertarian Party here since. Has it been different? I'm, I'm curious. Well, it's funny is, um, well, it's been radically different, but for two different reasons. One, one, uh, I moved geographical, you know, going from Virginia Beach to uh, Anne Arundel County, Maryland. But then the second one was in 2016, I had left the Republican Party and joined the Libertarian Party. And so it's like kind of like three different uh, environments. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Um, I mean, it, break it down. It, it's your perspective. Like, I don't. Everybody has the right to the perspective. I think it's interesting right. when we get to hear because as people listen to this, they might really click with you and you never know what that's going to mean. And it's the opinions are the world around. Like, I don't think that right. anybody holds, you know, lock and key of like what the authoritative opinion is to me. It's God, but that's my view. But for as far as like how you've perceived, you know, Republican Party um libertarian in virginia beach libertarian in maryland like mm -hmm. how what what are some of the things i'm curious how, what are, you mean, what are some like of the differences i've seen yeah well um so unfortunately when i left the republican party and i joined the libertarian party the chair of the local libertarian group was uh dare i dare dare i vote not a real libertarian you know um but um there were a lot of people that were pushed away because they're more of the radical type. And he was uh, very cozy with, you know, the tea party uh, Republican type, which when you, when you segregate yourself into political parties, like you have a duty, you have a fiduciary duty to support like your team, you know, go to, mm -hmm. but you can also recognize when candidates per se, like might be uh, advantageous to support, but you have to understand where to draw those boundaries. Yeah. And I don't think that the libertarian, the local libertarian guy was was respecting those boundaries, especially as the chair. So when I switched from being, a, you know, a liberty Republican, being more of that anarcho Ron Paul type uh, and then joining a liber my local libertarian party, I'm thinking like, OK, now I'm going to be with like my people. But actually, like these people aren't too thrilled to have me here either. <laughs> Which was a temporary uh, issue, uh, which uh, actually just got resolved. So uh, kudos to the uh, Tidewater Libertarian Party down there and some of my old friends who uh, are now moving forward without that toxicity. Um, but, you know, when if you go to the uh, the Libertarian Party platform, you go to uh, with an LP, uh, um, LP.org backslash platform. And it's like the, the platform's very, very short. I mean, you can read it in uh, just a few minutes. Whereas if you go to like when you think like, well, what's a Republican or what's a Democrat? That's the parties, not the philosophical stuff. But, you know, you might go to their platform and good, good, good gracious. What a word salad it's going to be, you know, and contradicting to each other. Like we have one central plank, the, the not against non-aggression principle. You have the right to live your life however you want, so long as you don't infringe upon the right of others to do the same. Mm -hmm. um, it's pretty basic. So all of our policies on all the different issues all just go back to one central plank. And it's really great to just tell anybody who's uh, interested in politics, like, just go to our platform, you know, read it real quick. You'll, you'll completely understand, like, pretty much like where I'm coming from, like. Granted, like I said, I'm a liberty movement activist first and the LP second, but like 
anytime I'm going to, I have no qualms about working with anybody who's against the government uh, getting involved in your life because like of whatever else they're in, interested in. If you're a multi-issue group, but we agree on one issue, like I'm going to work with you on that. I might not be able, like I said, with uh, our previous chair in, in uh, Virginia beach, like I know where to draw the line, but at the same time, like I can do things like as not a, a party activist, but as, as me. Yeah. You're not, uh, you're not the chair. Right. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, that's, that's the distinction. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of freedom. The, the That's what the Liberty Minute, you know, is so huge. But um, so I have my planks. I can just say, hey, go check this out. This is, this is you know, kind of how I, I view things. And if I am an officer of the party, it's very nice to just have that as like, yeah, that's pretty much the Liberty Movement, you know, in a nutshell. We don't have to narrow things down. There's a few issues that were completely uh, at we completely abstain on having a position on just because it's, you know, good points on both sides. Um, but yeah, uh, the more, the longer I've gotten involved in politics, the more I've seen how easy it is when you step outside of the two party system to create single issue coalitions with anybody that you want. When I was in the Republican party, trying to change it from the inside, so to speak, um, working with organizations like, um, at the time was, uh, occupy you know that was really big in like 2012 and we had a lot of common issue like common ground with the ron paul people and occupy but we couldn't get through to you know to create a working relationship because we're our only metric is like through the republican party and that stifled our ability to work with those groups you know same thing with like i can't see i mean i've seen with my own two eyes the the republican party's failure to reach out to uh um the diverse the diverse cultures or the uh, ethnicities and cultures and uh you know lgbt community like there's just there's a refusal there whereas like i can go into any meeting for anybody on the left you know that's ab I, I mean i would say except for climate change bless their hearts i, I can't get with you on that one but um anything else <laughs> anything absolutely anything else i can walk in there with my libertarian party t-shirt right and and Worst case, scenario, worst case scenario, they either think that like they've been falsely been told that I have something to do with the Republicans. I can very quickly say, you know, like explain all the reasons why we're not. And then two, they have no idea what the Libertarian Party is. And that's great. That's a fresh slate. Um, what was my third? Sorry, I lost my train of thought there. But um, no, it's like being outside of the two party system has been fantastic. And just the, the freedom that comes with that of just being able to be you. I'm curious if you um, at all uh, follow some of the other candidates in other parties. I'm really enjoying what I'm seeing with uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. Um, did you find out or hear about what he recently proposed? Um, so for anybody who doesn't understand, uh, there are professional people who campaign and raise money for individual political parties and they get a 10% cut of that money that they raise. So Vivek has actually created uh, a ability for independent people to raise money for him and get a 10% cut of that. Um, he wants to take it outside of the paradigm of these pretty much, you know, very incentivized uh, interest groups that are professional, basically political fundraisers, 
to get cuts and he wants to bring it into the people. And did you hear about that or do you, do you know about that? Um, truth be told. So, you know, Amy, you and I are in a blue state, uh, a heavily blue state. Um, I, I, are your listeners from Maryland or from, They're all, from all over? Right. So like, if you don't know Maryland, uh, the Democrats have had a veto proof majority of the state legislature for over half a century. And they've had complete control over the city of Baltimore for over half a century. Oh, yeah. So like we were talking about differences moving from Virginia to uh, Maryland. Virginia was a red state. It's kind of purple now. But um, but uh, Maryland has been heavy blue and, and forever, you know, since before you and I were born. So the the dynamics have completely changed. And so, like, I don't really pay attention to Republican politics anymore because in this state, like, they're as irrelevant as we are. <laughs> so, like, um, I, I'm looking at creating, uh, especially single issue coalitions with the left and, and, and looking and taking a second look at uh, candidates on the left who might be the classical liberal type that aren't down with the, the woke, you know, the climate change stuff. So I haven't been paying attention. I mean, I know Trump is like the favored winner and then there's DeSantis and, and a bunch of other people, but I haven't done any research into any of those candidates. Like I, I, I think the game is up. It's just going to be Trump. Like I, I'm not saying I'm, I have any information. I'm just saying like, that's kind of like my vague understanding from the very limited uh, uh, look I've done into, but J not... RFK Jr. That's who I've been looking at. So, well, I, um, no, and I like RFK. Um, to be honest with you, um, he's he's a uh, old school Democrat, like classic. Um, I like him a lot. Uh, and and honestly, I um, I I hope he gets a a chance because I think that'd be really cool. Um, no, and 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 it's not going to benefit me any because I'd have to actually you know decide to go for Vivek. I I'm not willing to decide anything until I hear them engage with each other like i want a debate i want something that is uh classic in terms of politics and i want to see how these these guys interact with each other so i'm waiting for a debate like when it comes down to any of any of these candidates i want a debate now i am registered republican so you know in the primaries i'm locked in uh to voting in that way but that honestly as far as where i land right now uh, that's that's more true to me um but i i'm looking and i i was just curious what you know if what you felt about that because i thought that was a really cool i like vivek because he's he's shaken things up in some very interesting ways and mm-hmm. i like him because he um you know uh is is a guy who you, you didn't see coming he is very wealthy he doesn't have to he doesn't have to be doing any of this it's very much so like trump in a, in a big way like you know, the smarter thing would be just to, you know, keep making money and keep, you know, your head down and not get involved. And also uh, he uh, is an ethnic minority in, in a way, I think, I believe he's Indian. So he, mm-hmm. you know, he's American, but, you know, he has some really cool optics that I like um, up front that, I, and I love the way that he is already, if I can get anybody to like, you know, maybe this, maybe this podcast is my 10% that I'm kind of like running him, but um, I just think he's cool to look at. Um, I like how he's debated uh, a lot of issues on, um, on different media 
places too because he's he's actually shown up in very very uh confronting settings and stayed very calm and not i wouldn't say calm but very acute on topic and if they try to go off topic he brings it right back and in a way that is very succinct uh and and awesome so I like how he's he's kind of grappling with people already and it's much it it feels a lot like that Ron Paul kind of fervor of like you know no let's get back on topic let's stick to the issue let's you know this is this is kindness but this is also going to be in the pursuit of truth and and the right thing and mm-hmm. I'm not going to play any of this crap that you want to play and I'm not going to just give people lip service that's not why I'm here so I really like that um i think debate yeah. is definitely what we need uh not the forums we're, we're seeing you know these uh corporate establishments the media or uh you know the democrat or republican parties that the, they're corrupt and they're the ones who are hosting the event they're the ones who are asking the questions they're 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 leading in a certain direction you know so uh i don't trust them to to lead on that why don't we just have you know the oxford style debate is maybe a little bit too boring for Americans, but 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 some sort of back and forth where we actually have dialogue, you know, like um, I don't know, you know, play a game for crying out loud, like see how long it takes you to come to common ground. Go, you know, like here's your five minute timer. If you don't complete this task, both of you will be eliminated, and we'll bring somebody else in for president. You know, like just. Yeah. Well, when you think about some of the requirements that you have to have to be the president or to be elected in office, you know, like being able to sit at a table with somebody who like is adversely against you on an issue and still treat them with respect and try to like do something in order to like have a vote, you know, on the floor, the you know, something like that. Like these are things that we're desperately lacking. Well, this is what I, we're desperately needing. Like, and this is why people like RFK and Vivacek, you know, are so appealing. Is because like they're they're real human beings that are tired of this like this this joke that is you know like when you watch the when you watch the 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 corporate media and they'll have a guest on there, they'll ask them a question. The person gets through like fifteen words, half of a phrase, and they're cut off. And then the person just you know responds da 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 da. Like we're not getting real debate we're not getting like that's why we love joe rogan it's three hours of him asking a question and then shutting the fuck up well do we though because like i mean the numbers would say yes but i think that Mm -hmm. it's more so that um there's a lot of factors but joe rogan is entertaining joe rogan is an entertainer he's very 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 um uh skilled at that and uh he has a position right now when he came to podcasting when he came to you know how he engages now there's a lot of build-up and a lot of time that he spent you know like i remember when people started listening to him everybody was like hey, you mean the the um what was the show he was on the the, the like the fear factor guy you mean the fear, fear factor. factor guy or like right. the the fight commentator or like they always were like what why would you listen to him? And I think what you said was very succinct um, because our politics reflect our people. When you say we need an actual debate and how that wouldn't 
that wouldn't appeal to the American public because it would be too boring. I think that's very, very, um, oh. that's very showing about who people are and how far we've come to the fact that we need drama to be a part of something. And we have to look at ourselves very deeply. Well, if that's how we have to be. In Just order to interject. To, yeah. Sorry. Um, when I said like people wouldn't, the, the Oxford style debate is, is just kind of boring to, you know, the average person. I'm saying that, you know, any type of debate would be better than just a forum where you're asked, you know, pointed questions. So um, I just meant to say that like a, a certain style of debate, you know, like a Lincoln's uh, Douglas debate from like before the civil war. And it was just like hours and hours of them just like going back at each other. So there's all these different styles. And of course, you know, well, once we've been maybe, weaned away from that, we're like, maybe. we don't, we don't know what to expect. But that's the thing is that like, I, I think that there's, from what I can tell, there's a big calling for old things, not that old things, because I'm not that old and people are right. now framing the things that I fucking grew up as old. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Uh, no, stop. But old things are becoming novel now. And I think that it would be wrong to assume that at this particular moment in time, that the general public wouldn't find an Oxford style debate refreshing and right. and very, very, very informative. And I think it might actually surprise people that right. that people would be willing to tune in because we are in such a desperate time and people are so hungry for just clarity and transparency and and seeing it and their interest has been turned up for it because so much is off kilter now and nasty and people are searching right. so much for what is true and i i think it would do better than it i don't think it will happen because the right thing very rarely does happen when when it needs to happen in politics and in government but i mean there's a saying for all the government workers that i've always worked on or military they're like if it should happen it probably won't um you know like they're just like yeah i mean that's the right way to do it but that's probably not how it would go <laughs> and it's just and i don't know if that's largely uh unwell intended i think that sometimes when you're just dealing with such a broad stroke of people um you know you're you're only gonna get you're only gonna get a solid maybe b like low B average as to how you're going to complete a task, any of them. And I think now you can really expect a low C, which goes back to the whole, I think I'm with you in the fact that I, I want, I want government, but I want, I want limited government. I want controlled government and I want them to understand their boundaries and I think people, when they default to government for living their lives for them and answering questions for them, need to kind of assess, am I a kind of person who expects high things? Because I personally am. If 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 there's an A or if there's a star that I can reach for, that's what I'm going to shoot for. A, a low B or a C average is not going to be good enough for me, ever, ever. I'm okay. not that person. Um, I want high marks and I expect high marks of myself and I want to be around other people who, who aim for high marks too. They might not meet them, but I want the aim to be there. So if, if, you know, I guess if you're that kind of person who just 
thinks that it's fine to, to get with the C average for everyone. And by the way, it wouldn't be for everyone. It would be for the majority of people, whilst there would be this, this elite class that would get beyond an A, they would get A++ and then extra marks because they'd be sitting at the power seat and then all the rest of us would get C. And then if we kept giving power up, it would just, it would split, it would split us further and further. And that happens yep. throughout history over and over yep. again. So that's, that's something that a lot of people don't consider when they're thinking about power structures and having somebody else solve problems for you. Yeah, it sucks to have to solve a problem. It sucks to have to have a problem, but I would much rather want to solve it myself or within the company of the people that I have screened and that I have loved and and met and talked to and could could have a dialogue with than these elite people that I don't have any kind of room to affect or or be heard from. You know, like that's not it's not feasible. You know? Yeah, um, especially uh, as power is concentrated. So like we saw there's a limit on how many congressmen there are, right? So they ran a physical room in the room. So they were just like, well, we'll only have a certain amount of people represented. So eventually, like there's still only the, the same number of people are in the room, but they now represent districts that are like way, way, you know, by, by orders of magnitude bigger than they were during colonial times. Mm -hmm. So how difficult is it to get somebody elected to Congress versus uh, 200 years ago? You know, it's it's not by accident. You know, it's not by negligence or it is by I would say it is by negligence, not by accident that like it's so difficult to get people elected to office. And we um, I mean, Anne Arundel County, we have it's funny because delegates are very local. Uh, the but a lot of times county council and uh, city council the districts are actually bigger than than the state delegate and like just just getting elected to county council when you know you've got hundreds of thousands of people this is what keeps the third parties down is um, that's just how do you how do you ever consolidate resources and win an election you know when the districts well, are so huge? and then not only that but like who does it who steps up because it's the same thing as when somebody comes over and says this this should be done this should be done but mm -hmm. i know in my experience of hearing people like that i've been that person when the when the the flip is when it's switched and says well what are you doing you know right. like okay. having somebody who just even puts themselves up for that kind of position is really mm -hmm. hard you know who is going to step up you know just yep. not not just getting elected but the, the kind of people who would run for that kind of office, I feel like is being very watered down. And unfortunately, I think a majority of it is ego driven and, right. um, or just, you know, fed like, you know, like we're going to put you in play here because it, you already have station with, with people that could serve certain interests. Right. That's, um, that's why I compromise my liberty movement values in order to work for the libertarian party because activists come along like sometimes like shooting stars and they're really really passionate about an issue and they want to make a difference our job our primary job of the libertarian party is to get the libertarian candidates elected right. so as they do their their thing forget the election and just think about like the issues that they're pushing 
I get an excuse to knock on somebody's door. I get an excuse to table at an event. I get an excuse to, to talk to a human being face to face about like, you know, I hold the pamphlet in my hand and it's got all the issues written on it and it's got the candidate and the election date and all of that. That's not what matters. What matters is that like I stopped you for a brief moment. I introduced myself. You know, I talked about a little bit about the liberty movement and I just handed this brochure and maybe, maybe this will plant a seed and we'll see you four years from now. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. and um, so, you know, that's that's why I do what I do. You know, it's like uh, I, I those people who do want to step up, they need help. Right. Because mm -hmm. they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. You know, a lot of people get involved in even if you're not running for office and you're just passionate about an issue like and you just want to like, I want to do something about this, this bill. You know, I want to protest. And it's like, well, somebody needs to teach you. OK, this is, uh, you know, lobby day, you know, take the day off of work. We'll go down there together. You know, we'll go to all the different congressmen and, and you know, senators or whatnot and hand out the literature and say, hey, please vote for this bill or please vote against it. Like you need to learn those things. And if, and if the liberty movement doesn't have that support structure of like teaching the new people how to, you know, the institutional knowledge that an activist doesn't have, like that's our job. And that's uh, my favorite part is, you know, finding these these people off the street who have no idea how to do politics. And it's like, OK, OK, like calm down, calm down. Don't you know, everything's going to be OK. This is how you can solve your problems. Pardon the interruption, everyone, but. I just wanted to let everybody know that this is a bit longer of a diary entry than usual. This is a two hour episode. So if at this time you wanted to take a break after you hear this wonderful, wonderful plug from my good friend, John Simmons, it might be a good time. You've reached the hour mark. If you want to keep listening, uh, we invite you to do so, but where I usually would break this up is into a two-part episode. I'm just going to let it keep rolling. So if you're having fun, keep listening. But just know that at this point, you've reached halfway. Thanks, Diary listeners. Appreciate you always. Okay. Part of the mission of this podcast is to share really awesome people with all of you. So go check out Eden Health. This is my friend John Simmons' company. Through it, he does acupuncture, nutrition, microneedling, light therapy. But it doesn't stop there, everyone. <laughs> like it's, he's, he's a wealth of knowledge. And I welcome all of you to meet him, go talk to him, reach out to him. You can find him at EdenHealthMD.com. Back to our podcast. Well, obviously, it's my favorite part, too, because I have a podcast about basically being a sacrificial lamb for everybody else to watch fumble, fart around and, you know, take a cue from and when it comes to my clients, I meet them individually and, you know, they have this want, this tattoo, but, you know. The, the education part of like bringing them into something that they want to do, but they have no idea how to do. I love that part too. Um, because I, I, you know, I feel like, you know, if there is some hubris about me, I know that everything that I try to do, I do from a place of wanting betterment for everyone and whatever characteristics I have, I really try to use them for good and, and never for evil. I haven't been great about that always. Um, right. You know, I've spawned a lot of things through my own 
Um, and, and, you know, that's the other thing that you have to know. I've spawned a lot of things. I've done a lot of things that I wasn't fully aware of, but, you know, I think that, um, the grace is in, is in the intention in a lot of ways, as much as that might lead to hell. Um, the intention is something that when I look at somebody who doesn't have the same views as me or who, you know, does something to me, if I like, it isn't about doing it to me. Usually it usually is about doing something that whether you are cognizant or not, but, but the intent does matter to me because it says something about who the character is. And, um, you know, again, I can work with somebody who I feel like is coming at things from a very, you know, earnest angle. They might be ignorant. They might be innocent. They might be whatever, but as long as they're earnest and as long as they're seeking and as long as they're trying and they're able to be uncomfortable in that pocket, I'll work with you because we're going to go on a journey and I I might be uncomfortable too. There's lots of times that I am and I have to, and I have to like sit there and be like, Oh my God, this sucks. But you know, that's the, that's the thing about when you extend a hand to somebody, you have to really, you know, sometimes you have to deal with a lot more weight than, than you thought you were going to deal with. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of the, I think the environment right now is a lot of wounded animals. Like, I think there's so much trauma that people have that when you're in the business of rescuing or helping or anything, wounded animals bite. They don't know who you are or what you are. So their reaction is going to be defensiveness before anything first. So be prepared to get bit. (laughs) Like if you're going to be in that business, you're probably going to, you're going to have to take some cheap shots. I love the the scene from uh, Lord of the Rings. It's uh, the first one, the Fellowship of the Rings. And uh, Bilbo, not the main character, but in the beginning, he kind of is. Uh, he's holding on to the Ring of Power. And uh, and um, Gandalf says, I, I think you've had that long enough. You know, you should give it give it to Frodo, you know, pass it down the lineage. You go on your uh, adventure, you know, and just like leave this behind. Right. And Bilbo gets upset. It's like, oh, you want it for yourself. And this is the the best. I wish you could get this on a GIF, you know, for Facebook and whatnot. But uh, uh, um, Gandalf stands up, you know, very powerful and strong. The the whole room darkens, and he says, "Bilbo Baggins, don't do not take me for some conjurer of cheap tricks. Yeah. I am not trying to rob you. I am trying to help you. Yeah. Trust me, like you once <laughs> did." And it's just like. I, I, I want to implant that upon so many people. Like, I'm not trying to hurt you. Yeah. I swear to God, I'm not trying to hurt you. Yeah. I'm really trying to help you. Like, just listen to me for a moment, you know, and probably it's because I went down that same path at one point in my life and I have come to realize that that was a grievous mistake. So I don't want you to get hurt the same way I got hurt. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not trying to change you. I'm trying to prevent you from, from having the same scars I have. Yeah. But, you know, if you're adamant and on the flip side of that, because I feel certain that every single lesson I learned the way I learned it was exactly the way I had to learn it. And I also get very, very nasty with people who um, assume that I am unaware at this point. Like, I don't I don't like that either because I'm kind of like, you don't get to you don't get to dictate my pain level like you don't get to dictate what I am willing to bear. Like if you need to do what I do with Rico, where 
everything that he lifts, I'm like, it's amazing to me. Like he, he'll, he'll bench like 425 pounds and do reps like with that. Right. And, and for me, that's illogical. Like right. if, if I were to say, yeah, d don't try, like, just don't right. even try. Like, I can't even believe that you would even try that. So what I do is I let him go downstairs without me and he lifts without me. And I remove myself from the room because he does not need my self doubt or doubt in general in that space. Because I truly believe that my doubt in that space will make him fail or will cause some problem in the paradigm of what is capable and possible. So there is a very much so a weighing of things too. And, and it goes back and around to this whole, like, yeah, you can want to help, you know, knowing that somebody's intention is helping is one thing, but also mm -hmm. know that, you know, your hubris is at, at the helm too. And, you know, you, you got to walk away at certain times. The way I do it with nameless face, faithless people is uh, just say, Hey, let's, let's not act like we know each other. Okay. Yeah. Like, you know, like, let's not act like, you know, anything about me. Um, Cause you don't. And right. I would rather stick on topic here. If you don't want to have a hearty back and forth, then I don't really understand why this started, but please don't get personal because you don't know me well enough for that. <laughs> right. I, I think, uh, I mean, I've, I've maybe evolved past this, but at some point I, I would, what or I'd write to people like respond be like is that what your magic eight ball from you know your 80s nostalgic collection you know told you about me you yeah, know did right. you like oh is david doll an asshole oh probably so you're an asshole you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah like where where did you you know and um i <laughs> so this is funny this, this is uh uh in the weeds you know libertarianism but you know like we were talking about uh, uh rfk uh jr uh, there's some people in the liberty movement who who like him. Now he's diabolically uh, opposed to us on certain issues. So of course, what happens? The purists in our little group, you know, one group is like, "Well, I kind of like him," and then the other group is like, "Well, how dare you, you know, kind of like him? He's he's the enemy." It's like, yeah, but like he's not as bad as like the rest of them, you know. And he's a good man. You can talk to him like a human being. Like, isn't that somebody that we want to like befriend and try to work together with on the single issue coalitions? Like, you know, how dare you? And it's like, like, fuck. So, um, sorry, tangent, but, um, no, it's a good point. I, I wanted to add to it actually. Um, so by the way, and I think that this is something that's well known. I don't think that I'm holding this, you know, like I'm, I'm enlightening anyone. Um, lots of that within Christianity. Of course you have tons of different ways that people practice christianity and everybody's arguing right. about how to do it better and what's right what's, you know real um and not and uh i love how my pastor put it he said you know uh gandhi actually said that one of the best teachers uh has been jesus christ he's like the only right. thing that kept him from being a christian was christians it was the followers of christ and I think that's something that when you're in something where people are always going to be coming at it from their own sphere, you you really have to think about, and I've said this before in my own church, is that like, guys, we can't be angry Christians. Right. Like, oh we have God. to walk around 
kind of making people wonder about what the hell we're sucking on all the time. Like we have to make people wonder like, why, why is this person so cool? Like, I want to know what they know. And that's your in. I'm like, but you can't, if you're running around arguing all the time, do you really think that that's a great campaign for Christianity? Right. It would put me off entirely. And it did for a very long time. (laughs) I, uh, I, I personally, like I have a little, like lens that I, I view uh, Christians through. And it's like the, I, I put people in two groups is the, um, the, the Bible says, and that's like the people that, you know, like, well, you're doing something wrong. I don't like it. They're like Karens only. They got like a phone call. They're going to like pray for you to God. Like, please God make this person stop doing, you know, what I think they shouldn't be doing because it's written in the Bible. And it's just like, Jesus, like, you know, like, would you calm down? Like this isn't the old Testament, right? We don't need fire and brimstone coming down on this person because, you know, they happen to like another man. Like, so the other camp is the what would Jesus do type. And that's just like, that's where I'm at. Like, I'm not religious, but like, I like, I get that vibe. That's a cool vibe. You know, Jesus, Gandhi, Martin Luther King, nonviolence, you know, like solving our problems, talking to each other. Like, that's some good shit. Like, I would have no problem like hanging out with Jesus. Well, but like these inter- Old Testament people, they might as well just start calling themselves Jews because it's like, dude, if you don't believe in the New Testament, like why, why are you calling yourself a Christian? Stop, yes. stop judging other people. Well, I, I think that, um, you know, I think that those people are very passionate about the word, which as I've studied it, it is a, an amazing book to, mm-hmm. to, to get into. I really like, um, I really like diving into it and I find a lot of credence and a lot of history um but you're right um and this does wrap into the liberty movement uh in a, in a big way if you'll indulge me but um god gave free will and so the a big a big thing about that correlates the liberty movement and god is that god allowed us free will and i do believe that that's key to to true love because true love, not to be, you know, try, you know, like cliche about it, but when you really love something, you let it go. And if it comes back to you, then it was, it was truly meant to be. And, and I really do feel like, you know, you, you have, you have to choose, you have to choose God. You have to choose love. You have to choose help. You have to lean into it and you have to yield. And I do think that people who are liberty minded uh, understand that from a place of like, this is, this is how, this is why America is so cool is because that is the thing that bred innovation. That's the thing that, that made us such a, a phenomenal force in the world is that nowhere else in the world do you have this liberty. Yeah. People resent us for it. The Bible will even tell you that if you go on a campaign to to speak these truths, people are not going to like you. They're going to resent you. Everything in, about that is going to have them push back at you because, right? you know. And that's what's so amazing. Like you look at American or you look at world history in light of the American, the great American experiment. And so, uh, you know we get our start very late in the 1700s, but 1800s and early 1900s, 
there are so many countries around the planet that revolted against their parent group or there are a lot of times, of course, the, the, the Western European hegemonies uh, like in Africa. And then so when they cast off their their oligarchies that were ruling over them and they started ruling themselves, most of them chose flags that look a lot like ours. Right. Because like we were as as the Statue of Liberty is like we were the, the light. And we we projected that through our exactly what made us great, you know, all of this the, this free uh, exchange of goods and ideas and services and and, and um, relationships. And then once that starts to erode, and once that starts to be replaced with imperialism, all of a sudden, all these foreign countries are now disliking America. It's like so. Okay, we had it really. We, not only were we successful for a long time. I mean, granted, there were some huge hiccups. I mean. Uh, when you when you drastically change a, a complete uh, governmental system from feudalism to uh, a constitutional republic, uh, that's a huge step forward. Um, but of course, they they left some people behind, you know, with slavery and a lot of other issues. But we we should not be trying to tear down what the founders built. Uh, we should be trying to finish the job, you know, and and complete where they where they fell short. And like not allowing every human being to be free and just the white ones, you know, we fix that issue and then we move on. Like we don't destroy like the great achievement they made getting us away from that feudalistic, you know, system of, uh, oh, well, somebody else has uh, writ over you. No, you have the right to, to exist. You can do whatever you want. Just don't hurt other people. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I hate to hammer it, but like the the under God part is very significant in that because the constitution under God, the people who came here understood that they were ridding themselves of a foreign King who presumed the rights of God and who wanted that kind of worship and that kind of deification. And here's the thing is that when it's under God, you know, you you have the right to deny God, but the principles of those things are the recognition of equality in us, because that is that is what drove people the inspiration to do liberty movements, to reassess how people were dealing with things. And there's a really good book. It doesn't mention God. It's it's all about history and it's about analysis of um of basically seasons of america it's really good it's called the fourth turning have you seen have you read this book it's really really good i think you'd love it because very historical um i had to actually slow it down because i you know i listen to books on tape now and i i would recommend a really hearty uh uh drive like if you have a long drive to listen to it because let me tell you it dips into a lot of history that i i I can honestly say I wasn't aware of. I think my generation of people mostly, you know, don't go further back than World War II uh, as far as like our understanding civil war, of course, and things like that. But this goes into all these different movements within, within basically America or her, you know, birthing into the present day. And it basically talks about how there is this, this season it's like a 20 year to 25 year season that encompasses at a centennial and it goes through seasons of phases of where there is like a revival 
and then there's like a demolishing and we're now in the winter and how irrational it is to say well i would rather winter not to happen but winter's going to happen and you're either going to prepare for winter or you're not going to prepare for winter and right. you know so that's kind of where we're in right now so i i the book gave me just for anybody a lot of hope and just knowing that this is this is a season that we are going through right now and things are going to shift in a really awesome way. I can't say that it's not going to be really awful before <laughs> it gets better, but it's going to get better. <laughs> so uh, are you a fan of Michael Malice by any chance? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, have you picked up his book, uh, White Pill? No, I have not. So in it, he talks about the, so, you know, we talk about red pill, blue pill, right? Red pill, you take the, you take the, the you go down the rabbit hole, blue pill, you wake up tomorrow and you just pretend like, you know, the, the corporate media isn't lying to you. But the black pill, white pill, I think is far more important. I'm looking for that white pill. And it's basically the black pill idea is that um, you're pessimistic, like nothing we can ever do will change anything. Everything is just going to get worse. You know, you might as well give up now or, you know, the best thing I can do is make fun of people on Facebook, you know, just like a toxic mentality. And then the white pill is like, no, we can stop this. And so what he does, he talks about how horrible it was in Soviet Russia. Um, you know, um, I don't know how far back it goes, but basically all the way up until the end and how like like eventually these bad systems have to end. OK, like even when the Mongols like invaded China and India and uh, Turkey and or they, they got into Poland. I mean, like even during all of this still, like when a quarter of the human population was eliminated, right? One quarter, we haven't seen that even with World War II. Like when that many people are slaughtered by like these, these uh, you know, archers on, on uh, horseback, things still turned around. Like our species still made it. Like, so um, I love regardless how of- there's thunder Regardless in the background. Can you hear it? Yeah, I hear it too. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry so, to interrupt. On the south side, you're on the north side. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no matter like how bad you think it's going to get, like there, there's still there's still light at the end of the tunnel, right? And the and the best way to get to that light is to just bust your ass. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that goes back to what you were saying about like finding people. Like, well, what are you doing to to make the world a better place? You know, like is is the only contribution you have is to like uh, try to pull down people who are better than you, you know, by nipping at their heels or like, do you want to go out there and, you know, do you want to ruffle some feathers in the real world? Um, Or, you know, it's also it's a perspective, too, because. You know, they might be perceptively better than you. You don't know them, you know, like that's the thing is that like that's why I always bring it back to, hey let's not pretend like we know each other here. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm just an asshole too. Like, look, if you, if the worst you're going to call me is an asshole, like, yeah, dude, I am. I am an asshole. I wouldn't be on Twitter if I wasn't an asshole and you wouldn't be either. So let's get back. Let's get, let's ground and realize that we're both human. We both bleed red. We're, we're, we're all looking for purpose in some way and, you know, we're all going to die. So let's yep. just ground this for a second. <laughs> so you, you saw, uh, I was inspired to save that screenshot from the Spider-Man movie where Tobey Maguire is like, come on, man, like, oh, don't try to kill him. Like, you know, I was once in your place and he's just doing it with that look. And of course, I know you, you think make it, it, what is it? you said he's constipated. 
right? <laughs> so uh, it could have been a lot of faces. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I still love it, but I I post that on Twitter now. Like some, I'll make a comment, and then some random nobody will make like three comments in a row, telling me how I'm a despicable person. Those goes back to like the interparty stuff. I told another libertarian in front, uh, you know, in in public that yeah, I I signed up to volunteer for RFK Jr. Like, I'm not I'm not you know when we have a libertarian nominee they, they've got my my back wholeheartedly, but like I now get to network with all of these people who might be interested in, in the Libertarian Party and the Liberty Movement. We might be able to create uh, single issue coalitions down the road. Like the the alternative you know, the the things that I'm looking at, the long-term ramifications of these kinds of friendships are much more important than like, you know, I'm not saying I'm going to be uh, door knocking for RFK, but, you know, like I'll go to a Democrat meeting and, and, and tell Democrats to vote for him. Like, mm-hmm. if anything, like you can just imagine the look on the face of people who support Biden. Right. And I'm out there with my like tyranny response team t-shirt. And I'm like, yeah, like I'm not even a Democrat, but this guy's so cool. Like y'all should look into him. Like, when when I when some of my friends they talk about like we gotta own the libs on Facebook and I'm like dude like why don't you own the libs in, like in their own like meetings right go 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 support RFK in a Democrat meeting and just watch the Democrat establishment get upset like that's 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 not trolling that's like that's that's real life trolling not just like you know internet trolling like do do that kind of stuff and I assure you like when you go home tonight like you're gonna be like yeah. <laughs> Well, and and you can pat yourself on the back like that rather than, um, you know, just just kind of, I mean, it's just a different kind of slogan that you're just putting out there. Like if you don't like, you don't like flags or you don't like, you know, slogans of the opposite side, then don't have your own, you know, like don't, don't do that. Um, you know, I, I don't, I think it needs to always come back down to are we people, are we trying to, mm-hmm. you know, love each other well and, and work together? Or are we not, you know, yep. like, and I, I don't know, like, I'm not a person who has much interest in um, getting really nasty. So if I don't think I would last long, honestly, if it gets like that, um, I have the benefit of a, a demolition man as a boyfriend that would probably go a long way to try to protect me but I would be a liability for him honestly I think um so for me it's all always been about like look let's just let's just try to find some common ground here and um yep well that's the people who we desperately need in politics right regardless of you where you are on the issues we just need people who are going to be rational and have like an adult conversation and treat each other with respect you know especially you you can go to your county council meeting you'll see the seven people standing you know sitting up there on the dais and you can tell, like, there's Republicans and Democrats. There'll be, you know, it mixed. Well, it's hard in Maryland, but still, <laughs> there'll be Democrats and Republicans. And like, you'll you'll watch people from the opposite party treat each other with respect, but then watch two people from the same party who personally hate each other will talk trash to each other, like up on the dais. And you're like, okay, you can see who is the adult here and who is not, and it has nothing to do with party affiliation. And like, so that's, you know, when I talk about liberty movement, I talk about that, that diagram with the left and the right, but as long as you're towards liberty, like that's my, y'all my peeps, as long as you're not trying to inflict harm on other people, like you're my dude. Don't you feel like when it gets off of, and I did want to say this earlier, I don't you feel like when it gets off of 
um, modes of commun communication that are just not made for us to really communicate effectively and well, uh, aka yeah. social media. I find that I'm, I'm, I find more people are just are really on the same level as me. I really haven't found anyone that is willing to overly aggress to my face. Like I, I really haven't. Um, right. Maybe it's because I'm a woman. Maybe it's because I'm a tattoo artist and a lot of people want what I sell. Um, you know, like maybe that's it. Like maybe they're just like, I don't want to piss her off because you know, whatever, or because you know, that would be really low of me to go after her. Um, but right. I have not found the hostility. I've found that, and maybe it's a reflection of me because I really tried, I really tried, you know, to have my views challenged and I give people a, a ability. But for me, I, I find that that whole uh, meeting people in person thing mm -hmm. does a lot for, yeah. you know, that. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, I think the people that you meet online are are talking to you online for a reason, mm -hmm. right? Um, they don't want to meet you. They don't, they're too, dare I say, cowardly to meet you in some cases. Um, yeah, I mean, I, in, in politics, I've had two different people like get up in my face. Uh, one of them was a Virginia state senator. And that was just because I called him one of his lies that he was saying about another candidate. And so he tried to like buck with me in a parking lot. And uh, it was funny because I looked to my left where there was another individual who like, you, you see, I'm not the most masculine man, uh, you know, Don't on the block. So, well, I mean, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a, some sort of uh, boxer, you're just thin. right? You're just thin. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's all you are. Yeah. You're tall. So, anyway, so th this, this Virginia state Senator uh, may or may not have been able to, you know, take, take me out. But uh, I looked at my friend who definitely could have handled the other guy. And instead of looking to him for support, like I look over at him and he's laughing. And at that point, I realized like, OK, like the guy who is getting up in my face and attempting to like start a physical altercation in a, in a parking lot outside of a Republican meeting, like he's the juvenile and I need to be the bigger man. And then, so I started laughing. And then eventually this guy realized like how stupid he looked in front of two people, like one that he respected and then me, he didn't, he didn't know me. And that's why he like, he came at me. And then when he wants, he realized like, neither one of us are going to fight. We're both think that you look ridiculous and it's time for you to leave. Like the great thing was that's a, that's a learning lesson because the great thing was, is like he lost the relationship that he had with the other guys. You there? Can I lose you? You still there? I know. <laughs> I might have lost Dave. Uh, I'm just trying to make this stop and restart. Forgive that short interruption, everyone. We had a storm that knocked out the Wi-Fi for a moment. So we hope you enjoyed the rain, but now back to our podcast. The previous one? 
I don't remember where we were. So you pick Why back not? up. <laughs> I have no idea. I did uh, I did want to ask you if you have um any like heroes or or people that inspire you that you want to shout out that you think either don't get enough recognition or that you just love. Oh wow. I mean like uh ones that your your viewers might know or like people that are I mean cuz honestly No you. You. Yeah, I mean my heroes are uh the people who have taken me to where I'm at now. Like when I first joined uh or got involved in in politics back in 2000 late late 2011 which is the beginning of the Ron Paul 2012 campaign and um you know I was that that angry guy that was you know I got to I got to finish the argument with this person online even though they don't even matter right and here I am I was trying we're trying to do two things one get a bunch of people to vote for us in the primary and then two to get a bunch of uh supporters of ron paul to go to the local uh convention in order to vote for the delegates who are going to go to to the uh republican national convention and be delegates for ron paul and uh all that uh, banter online had nothing to do with my goals and everything to do with my ego and so uh Shout out to uh, Leslie Jones, a.k.a. Mama Jones from Virginia Beach, who constantly told me, both in private and in public, David, the way that you are perceived by other people is a poor reflection. And even if you are right, no one cares. So uh, there's been plenty of people like that in my life who have been guiding me towards uh, being a better activist, uh, whether I wanted to hear that or not. You know, and uh, so uh, there's too many people, you know, who have, have pushed me in that direction. And I have only recently started to uh, reflect on that with sincerity and, uh, you know, a deep, deep look at myself. So, um, I mean, yeah, but um, people well, that everybody... I was going to say it's. um, I I. I agree with Mama Jones. Um, first of all, so shout out definitely double from from me. Um, it's it's more than reflection though, because uh there's a there's a nuance to cultivating how other people see you. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, there's a lot of tips and tricks and kind of smoke and mirrors kind of stuff like that that really helps push things forward and you know not everybody who does it well does it for the right reasons and I can see yeah. how that is something where you're like screw it I don't care you know like I don't you know I I do it with this podcast you know I'm just like yeah I don't really care what you have to do but you know looking at it and saying you know how how can I actually catch flies you know I care more than anything else is is important and then trying to be a better um vessel for the thing that you're trying to get to that's it, hard that's hard to do and it's also um you know there's parts of it that you feel like there's trickery there like that you're being discernist if you're not going to you know like because you always feel like you're playing ball you know, for a game that you didn't, you didn't create. And I, and I get that. I get that there's like an, it's like an optics thing. Like you have to step outside of yourself and try to see 
what other people see and and you know we're all hypocrites and we're all forever changing and it's hard to like be like oh well that was me yesterday <laughs> like, well that's a good point you know when you say like we're all hypocrites i think that was uh jesus's point was it not like you know like judge not lest ye be judged and it's um it's that's that that's comforting too though it's like once you've you've come to realize that you are a hypocrite it actually makes you feel better about yourself <laughs> because it's like i recognize that i'm a hypocrite and i need to work on that and i'm gonna work on that because now i recognize it like you can't you can't become a better person until you realize you're not a better person yeah. you know and it's okay to like find those flaws about yourself and then start working on it yeah um and then that's when it's not work anymore. It's a joy to become a better person because like you see the, the fruits of your labor, like, and you, and you do it by your, on your own. So, you know, we talked about planting seeds. It's like, you just need to, you know, mama Jones planted some seeds, uh, you know, and there were plenty of others and planted seeds. And eventually it was like, Oh yeah. And you, you're right. <laughs> Oops. Well, and that's the thing is that like, you know, uh, in this social media world, you know, people only get clips of us usually. And if the clips that they see add up to, well, he's an asshole. It's very dismissive. And, and it, that's why I was kind of like, let's talk about David a little bit more because you're a good person. And I, I want people to, you know, there's a reason why you're on my show. Right. I try to keep the company of good people. So, you know, like I wanted people to meet you. And that's what robs my heart when I when I look at people certain times that I know are so full of awesomeness, but they just do so many things to get in their own way. And I'm like, God, if yep. you could just figure out a different tact. Oh, you get so much more flies with honey. <laughs> that that's been uh so the the other effect of like coming to this realization about how i need to change my behavior is is now i turn to those who i have been in politics less time than me and they're making the same mistakes and like i said about the you know the gandalf quote about like i'm not trying to rob you i'm trying to help you mm -hmm. it's like dude if you could just change these few things about your behavior you could be a rock star you could get tons more people to flock to your cause yep yeah no it's really true and I, the same thing for me too because it's easier and it, and it promotes my ego a little bit more when i start with fresher fresher people it's not as confronting than than the ones that are further along than me um i'll be honest um but at the same turn it's it's an energy exchange like i feel a duty and i think that you probably feel the same thing of just being like you know there were so many gifts given to me like you know mama jones and countless others that that helped uplift me and help rise me here that if i could if i could just you know keep keep the chain of love going you know like yeah. it's paying it forward paying you it know forward. yeah and yep. you know you know you know what the struggle was like that that's that's the other thing is that like Again, I mean, I hate to be like so hammering of what this this mission of this podcast is, but it's all about facilitating a view of somebody who doesn't know what the hell she's doing. And a lot of people that don't know what the hell they're doing, but they're just doing it. <laughs> they're just doing it and they're willing to be seen and they're asking for help. 
And it's, it's an amazing thing when you, you just lean into that BS discomfort and be like, I don't care. I, I have to, like, I have to move forward. I don't even know what's going on, but I have to. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an amazing thing. I, 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 I mean, there's lots of, lots of podcasts that do the same thing, I think, but, um, you know, I, I feel very passionate about people, I guess, I mean, maybe it's the, the Christ thing. I don't know, but you know, people in low places, I found the most unlocking of my soul with people who are homeless or people who are disabled or people who have had really rough lives or who are recovering from addiction or who got out of jail or, you know, like these people who have lived very rocky roads have been the most insightful to me. And I, when it comes down to podcasts or it comes down to anything, politicians, celebrity influence, the thing of it is when you're listening to a lot of those places and a lot of those people is that they're, they're talking from such a lofty place. You can't even hear them and you, you don't even, you can't even really tell if they can relate to you. Like, I know I relate to them because I know that where they are half the time, I don't even want to be. I'm like, yeah, that's your mountain, baby. I'm not, mm -mm, no, I don't, I don't want that climb. That looks like a lot for me. But then there's other ones that like, I'm just like, I can, I can, I can't even listen to it because they're so far and away where I want to be that I, I just got to turn it off because like, I'm like, that's not serving me right now because it's so far into the future. It's not that I won't get there. It's just that that's not the step I'm at right now. And I I wanted a place where everybody could feel like, you know, we're going to meet you in the walk. And I feel like that's really where you like to stay in is like, I'm going to help you in this walk. Like I like to be walking. I like to be in the process of it. Like I'm not really you know, I like the hunt for it. You know, activism is a lot like that, you know, like it's, right. it's this want for something better, but you kind of, you kind of get, you know, a little bit addicted to the process of it <laughs> and the journey and the love of the, you know, just, just taking it on and in, you know, and when you see people that are hungry for it, then you're just like, well, let me give you a walking stick. I'll, you know, I got, I yeah. got an extra. <laughs> the, the, the- we're not here to like boast about getting to the peak We're we're here to enjoy the climb. Yes. Yes. And the people at the peak are like, Whoa, um, it's pretty lonely up here. You know, it'd be really nice if I had a few friends. <laughs> like, well, shit, <laughs> this isn't all that I wanted to be either. <laughs> and, and I've definitely found that because I've I've been at least perceptively on the peak for certain people. And I'm like, dude, this ain't all it's cracked up to be. You'd be amazed about the things you can complain about. <laughs> well, I think you realize that like, you get to the peak and you realize that it's like the first ridge. Yeah. Right. You have to go down, descend again and start working your way back up in order to like wash away another layer of bullshit. And it's just like that's. That's that's what's daunting. That's more accurate. <laughs> is when you get to the first peak and you're like, oh shit. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> this is one mountain. One mountain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, totally. That's more it. That's more it. But I think that if you 
get addicted to climbing, then it's not a big deal. Right. <laughs> once once you enjoy that that burn in your thighs, you're like, all right, all right, this is fun. This is cool. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 And it's also hard to like sometimes appreciate the, uh, you know, the descent too. Like you're just kind of like, oh man, like, like just kind of take the rest of like not having that burn or, you know, like exercising other parts of your muscles that you weren't used to anymore. Like that's kind of where I feel like I'm at right now. Like I actually just had a revelation today where I was like, wow, you know, like I have all these people asking me to go to other places. And I remember when I started out in tattooing, I really wanted to travel and I've never wanted to stay home more than more in my life right now. <laughs> like I've never wanted to, to do that. And I feel like this calling to rest because I feel like I overworked so much and, and like went like just reacted in so many ways that were kind of blind without really you know not not being over careful but really analyzing what i was doing and now i really want to make sure that the next move is more measured and slower and it's gonna frustrate me it's gonna frustrate everyone else because i really don't know why but i just i just feel like i'm like no i, I gotta slow the fuck down i gotta know what's next like i i know everybody wants to see me but like i don't really want to go anywhere <laughs> i don't want to go anywhere yet and it's weird because it's completely different. It's completely different, but it's always how it goes. Um, is there is there anyone beyond Mama Jones? I mean, Ron Paul, we already know. Like, he's dope. Yeah. Well, um, you know, uh, have you met or have you heard of Spike Cohen from the uh, he was a vice presidential nominee last last election cycle? No, I haven't. Um, so he started a group called You Are the Power, uh, which I volunteered for. It's non nonpartisan, and it's basically like if uh, there's a situation where the government is coming down on somebody who, uh, you know, is nonviolent, hasn't hurt anybody, let us know, and we'll see what we can do to like generate awareness. So like he'll fly in, you know, to go to like a uh, county council meeting or whatnot. Um, but he has. Uh, a more radical approach, I believe, than Ron Paul. Uh, and yet, uh, just like him, he can speak um, in a manner that's not pushing people away. Right? No, uh, I love that. Thank you so, for that. Yeah. Um, best of both worlds. Like, I see um, in the liberty movement, we have the radicals who are tend to be a little bit more edgy. And then we have the moderates who tend to be a little bit more calm. And, uh, you know, say that they don't want to push the buttons. Um, I think that both sides have uh, valid arguments. You know, we don't want to be too childish, but we don't want to be too uh, moderate. You know, just not really uh, offering uh, uh, an alternative, just kind of saying, well, not so much of, you know, the R's and the D's. Um, but uh, I think Spike hits it well where he's bold and yet uh, wholesome. He's a Spike. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he's yeah. Well, um, so I, I forget his, his first name, but uh, apparently uh, somebody, one of his family members asked him when he was like five years old, like uh, he, told, he said, my name is Spike now. And then he's been Spike ever since he was five I like uh, it. Or, or something like that. But um, yeah. Um, good to know about. Um, I like that. That's a, that's a good, um, good faction to know about and good person to know about. So that's great. And I'm actually, uh, so it's funny is 
once I left the Republican Party and I started looking for alternate uh, media, you know, um, looking out to left leaning uh, groups. So like Jimmy Dore, I don't know if you've heard of him. He's a comedian. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, so uh, I got tickets to see him tomorrow uh, here in Baltimore. Um, but like, it's great. Like I watch the news and, the, and he's totally like, um, anti-establishment, but he's kind of far left. Right. But like, he doesn't degrade people like unless you're the, 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 you know, the, the, the people holding up the, the puppets, you know, the, the deep state, I think as uh, the right calls it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like a, a left leaning dude. Right. I came, uh, from the Republican party originally, like I have no problem with this guy. Uh, so it, it it is interesting. Like we see a lot of that black pilled mentality. Uh, you know, a lot of that. Well, dystopian. Everything's going to fall apart. And and I see, I see far too many people, both on the left and the right, completely tired of that dichotomy. And and they're tired of the toxicity, the the politicians that just scream bloody murder about how evil the other party is. I think they're all tired of that. And uh, I see a change in the wind. And so, um, like when you talk, when we talk about uh, RFK Jr. or Rivet, Rivet, what I'm sorry, Rivet, 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 my, my apologies. Um, you know, uh, love him or hate him, Trump has been, uh, very interesting, uh, uh, in shining a light on the deep state, so to speak. So, there's a lot of movement. I think a, a lot of people are a lot of tired of, uh, of the negativity. And, um, like, I, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't have that, uh, that nostalgia toy from the eighties where I can shake up the, the, the magic eight ball and tell you what the answer is, but like that there is change coming and whether or not that's a, a glorious or uh inglorious, you know, is, is, is to see, but I look forward to people like the tea party and occupy or, uh, MAGA and black lives matter, uh, stop fighting each other and realize that they're both against like government intrusion. They're both against like the, the man, so to speak, punching down on you. Like if they join together, like that's, can you, you can only imagine what that that's the real populist movement, right? That's the, that's the, we, the people rising up when those two groups on the far left and the far right, right, come together and realize like you're both being had, you're both being oppressed. You're both being hurt, you know, like stop hating on each other, come together. And like, we can make this world a much better place. Well, I think you said a few interesting things. Um, change is happening at an alarming rate. And I think that's why just whoever you are, you're just tired <laughs> because that that's kind of, I feel like, uh, designed. And I think it is inciting if I'm to give people any grace, that black pill kind of thing, because when we're tired, we're exhausted and we, we, you know, it, it promotes frustration and a clouded a clouded ability to meet each other and to see each other. So, um, you know, I think that's why I'm embracing this rest and I'm saying no to a lot of things because I know that I am tired and I know that, um, when I push myself, I mean, I'm, I'm even going to shout it out because I think that this is something that I believe in heavily and it's been such an impactful thing in my life, but when you microdose psychedelic mushrooms, 
the one thing that I can tell you guys about mushrooms is that it puts you exactly where you are. Now, when you're microdosing, you're not tripping. You're not like in an altered state of being. It kind of forces you to be completely present. And one thing that I realized with it, like typically if you, you know, if you're tripping on mushrooms, you can't sleep. Like you might feel tired, but you can't sleep. But when you're microdosing, it makes you react to exactly what's going on. And the reason why it's so beautiful for like PTSD and anxiety and all these things, PTSD and anxiety are usually things that you're angry about the past and you're worried about the future. And so that's what, that's those two things that they say microdosing with psychedelic mushrooms really help with because it causes you to be fully present and the present is where happiness can actually exist. What I have found in my most recent microdosing experiences that I've tried is that I have to nap. Like it levels me. Like it has told me, bitch, you are trying to override every single thing right now. It's illogical. It's toxic. You need to lay the fuck down. Like, so so I think that it's really important for people to like go inside, try to do some healing, like really try to heal. Um, you know, I have I've had to be very cognizant of my time on social media. Um, really, really, if there's any kind of sociopathic tendencies about me to really like use those things to like really take a step back and like disconnect and be like, okay, like just look at this. So, but yeah, like, I think, I think that that's, um, I, I know what you're saying is true because good will always prevail. And, and I don't know what's next either. I mean, really, I, I kind of believe it's going to be alien invasion. That's going to get us to all to sync up, (laughs) But, but I don't know. And who, who the hell knows? Like, it could be something you know, not so dramatic or, or alien, um, but. <laughs> so I've heard reports that, uh, what was the um, Yellowstone? Uh, so it's a giant, well, it's a super volcano, right? Mm, yes. Natural and disaster. So definitely. When that goes, like I've, I've heard that like, we're going to have to abandon like the 48 states, like, mm, like mm-hmm. the mushroom cloud and the, then the subsequent, natural disaster that will come after that will mean that like we'll have to go to another continent Mm. and so like when people talk about climate change and i laugh and i'm like (laughs) there's so many things that could happen any minute now that will completely change everything compared to your like oh well the the water might rise you know and just oh my goodness i don't even want to go down that path i hate the one thing that i hate the most is talking about climate change in politics but um and here we are <laughs> yeah well because it, it's just you know it, it's we're also powerless you know I'm really sorry. we're also powerless really that's the other I thing mean, you I, find on psychedelics you understand really really hard oh yeah how powerless you are <laughs> yeah which well, i funny. think is worth a try if you're if you're ready for well, an adventure <laughs> I love when like people call come up to you and they and they like especially uh candidates who are running it for a local office and like well, what do you think about such and such? It's like I 
you know, I don't, I don't have any control over that. Right. Or people come up to me and ask me like, well, what should we do about, you know, well, you know, the, the Democrats or the Republicans, they just passed a bill, you know, at the, at the federal level, we should have a protest. I'm like, what? So that like five of us can stand in the middle of an empty parking lot and like, you know, wave a sign, like nobody cares. Like the only thing well, I can do, like there's some few things that I can do. And like one of them is like testifying at county council, you I know, think that's like, the answer though. The, the answer is first I asked the question back. Well, do you want to know what I do? Because that's, I can tell you what I do and then go from there. Right. Um, and that's what the, with the climate change. I mean, my, my, um, my niece was promoting this because we were about to cook some things on the grill and make some meat. And you know, as you well know, I've gone down like a vegetarian path and things like that. And she was kind of plugging the whole, like, is it right for us to eat animals thing? And then she was kind of parroting, I think some talking points from school where like, Oh, you know, we have to protect the animals and, you know, we're, it's our obligation and human beings are so awful. Like it was kind of getting in that kind of activism, like kind of thing. And I, and I was like, Alan, what you have to understand is, is we're all earthlings. We're all here. And I was like, look, a big, a big thing that they were talking about was polar bears. And I do think that it's human hubris to think that polar bears need us to survive. I was like, they're figuring it out. I was like, they're getting leaner. They're climbing different things. They're moving out of the areas that don't sustain them anymore. They have the will to live. And I was like, now it's very interesting because we're also very biased about what we offer help to as well. I was like, if you notice things that we would very much like to fall prey to extinction, don't go extinct. Like, mosquitoes and cockroaches and rats and alligators and sharks i'm like they live forever and i was like and girl don't disregard animals abilities to sync up with each other because they can actually very much so form teams much like us and dogs or with sharks for example sharks and the remora fish i'm like we we do not need to circumvent god's order and i think the only being that i can really suss out as being like the most blessed being on the planet is the panda because that freaking creature has given up completely but it's sheer love from humans of for the panda that has kept this thing alive <laughs> and I'm like think about all the resources that go into pandas for crying out loud and it's just because they're cute and endearing. <laughs> um, uh, so my my siblings got me into this. Uh, or no, uh, you did, and I gave it to my sibling, Z Frank. The, yeah, the Z Frank is guy. hilarious. And his thing on the uh, the what's the um, the marsupials. Australian... Yeah, the marsupials. <laughs> but the one that's smooth brain, so it's so stupid that if you pulled the leaf off of the tree, it wouldn't know how to eat the leaf if it was on a plate. And like, why do we need to make sure that 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 species doesn't go extinct? Like, what? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. Yeah. And so I told her, I was like, look, when it comes to animals and when it comes to eating them, this is my this is my my truce. This is what I do. Mm -hmm. I try to make deals with 
who I know is ethical farmers. I just traded, I just right. traded a finishing of a tattoo for half a cow from a small farm family who I know raises a cow ethically every single, you know, year. They're, right. they're really great. They homeschool their eight children. I'm like, you know, I try to go to alternative routes that don't treat animals in what I can, what I see as an abhorrent way. And I right. won't eat things purely for the, 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 like, if I know an animal has been tortured to death, I will not eat it. So frog gras, no matter how tasty it is, will never be something that I eat. Um, it's brutal. And I don't, I don't consider that. I don't consider that worth the experience of food. I, I consider that of crossing a boundary. So I told her, I was like, you know, ethically farm, be a part of nature, do what you can, you know, don't be a craphead. I said, but in terms of like the United States in general, I hope you understand that as far as we, we as a country, we're probably one of the most conscientious people in terms of the environment there is. And we really don't have very much say in, in the world scope as to how those things get affected because a lot of those problems exist in other countries. Um, and, and we don't get to deal with the dynamic there. And truly, you know, like it's really up to a higher power in the grand scheme of things, but life always finds a way. I mean, I think they found an enzyme that eats plastic now. And I think there's like mushrooms that hold fire in them. Like there's such crazy things in nature that we are not aware of at all. But I do believe that it's all going to be fine. <laughs> it's all going to be fine. <laughs> I don't know how it's all going to be fine, but it's going to be fine. And it's not that you don't have control. It's just that you only have your own bit to control. So the answer, I think, to that question, what do you think about this, is like, well, I can tell you what I do, and that's all I can do. If you can tell me what more you think I should do, I'll I'll consider it. But in the grand scheme of things, um, you know, maybe that's your mission to go do. I think everybody is supposed to. It's kind of like the whole style of things. Like you were talking about Spike and him being a little more radical. It's like, you know, it's it's everybody wants to criticize how everybody else is doing stuff but ultimately you have to very much so go what are my gifts what what is what are my callings what am i what am right. i being pushed towards and i have to do that as best as i can do right and you know put the blinders on you know a lot and you know when it comes to other people if you see them struggling you know, and they're open to it, maybe give them a little bit of a insight, but you know, overall, you know, I, I think that that is a wonderful thing to offer to people because you never know what situation you might find yourself in and organizations like that. I know, you know, the Institute of Justice is uh, very big for like, um, professional, uh, regulation overreach and stuff like that. They'll take on cases. Um, so resources where you feel like there's too much government infringement or you're just not getting a fair, fair bet and you need an advocate. That's great. You know, like, and sometimes that's the person you need. You need the radical person. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Matt Walsh. He's my favorite asshole. Like I love him. He casts so much shade. I don't agree with all of his tactics and ways, but man, if that guy moves, moves the needle, 
And I love it. I love watching him. I love listening to him. He's my grounding. I miss him right now because he's not doing his regular show. But yeah, like, and he'll he'll do the same thing as Spike. He showed up in Loudoun County and and was a resident for the day just so that he could speak on that school board. You know, right. like, you know, like, screw it, man. Sometimes you need a radical person and people usually don't like radical people because it right. makes you it make it shakes things up and it makes things uncomfortable but that's what gets shit done well i found yes people don't like uh the radicals but they actually dislike the radicals who can speak eloquently and calmly and without being assholes mm -hmm. because if if somebody comes in and they're a radical but they are you know belligerent they can easily be dismissed as the crazy guy on the street corner with a sign. But when, when you can articulate yourself in a manner where like the general public goes like, Oh, like this dude has a point. And he's also like adult enough to just be respectful while he delivers this like epic ground and pound, you know, of, of verbal uh, thrashing. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I think that's, that's what the radicals in the far left, the far right, the far libertarian, like all of us, need to start recognizing is that like if we can change how we are uh viewed from being the angry you know boy in mama's you know, basement you know uh trolling away on facebook to somebody who is a a viable um uh, option for those who are disgusted with you know the status quo that's when things actually start changing not when you like win uh some argument with a stranger who probably also doesn't do anything in the political world true very very true um well said <laughs> so i had this conversation with a co-worker he's a generation younger than i am so you know i try to impart upon him this that old folksy wisdom which is really just like i wouldn't do that shit if i was you you know, and, and most of it is like, don't follow the path I'm down. So he asked me at one point, he's like, well, when did, when did you start to figure all this out? And I was like, about a year ago, <laughs> right? you know, like, and he's thinking, you know, like, oh, I'm some wise old man. Like, no, nah, man. Like, I just, I just started figuring this out recently. Like, <laughs> well, you know, it's, no to, to the same tune, it's much like when, you know, you're new to something and it's really hard to know it's really hard to start taking uh, money for the things that, you know, like I remember when my, you know, just to flip that a little bit, my apprentice asked, she's like, hey, people keep asking me how long I've been doing this and I don't know what to tell them. And I'm like, tell them how long you need. They think, you know, you, you think they need to hear. And she just started laughing. She's like, what? And I was like, well, I stick with the truth because I've, I like to talk them through this illogical question because you know they're asking you because they think that time in the game means that there's quality there i've met really 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 you know long-term artists that haven't freaking been like hasn't gotten any better for like decades you work but you know like i mean you know like that's the thing but like right. you know it's I like I like showing them the illogical, you know, point of their their thinking and the thinking that time matters like that. You right. know, the truth matters. And and 
and why they're there is mattered. They want a tattoo. They like what they're seeing in your portfolio. You can give them an earnest account of what you can promise them. You can tell them the variables and then, you know, tell them, tell them how long. I was like, I like honesty because I feel like everybody's, you know, kind of measured that way. I said, but honestly, people are just looking for, you know, like they're just looking for a reason to, to get in with you really, or to give themselves permission to do a lot of things or to believe. And sometimes it's like, eh, you know, like I've met a lot of mentors and they're all about fake it until you make it and kind of things. Like a lot of people will just believe in you before you're really doing the thing that, that you're ultimately going to do. Like, I remember I was listening to a, a master's class series of um, hairstylists and, and this one guy was like, I used to lie to people all the time. I used to tell them like, I, I drove a Bentley and I drove the, he's like, I had every intention of getting those things. But I did not, I did not drive them right now. I always parked in the back. Nobody knew what I drove and or I like would walk to work and be like, Oh yeah, it's in the shop right now. And just because people thought I was of that nature, they would pay me more and they would tip me. Like they would just like, Oh, they need like, you know, and, and because I had that air about me all the time and I just kind of walked in like a rock star, eventually I became the rock star. <laughs> so, and then I got the Bentley and I got the, so I was like, you know, it's a big thing with people. It's like, whatever you feel ethical about, whatever the style is that you want to assume, you know, but I think that there should always be a, a, a there should always be a want at the very essence of it to give a very earnest service. Sometimes yeah. you have to trick people into trusting you. Um, but I love that you, your answer was, oh, I just figured this out a year ago. <laughs> Because it's yep. true, I mean, right? Like, you know, being honest, it's like, no, no, I'm I'm just figuring this stuff out. Like, I mean, there's there's multiple steps. It's yeah. funny that with uh, Facebook, it, it gives you uh, prompts on like what you posted four, eight, you know, 12 years ago. And, uh, you know, from 2008 to 2012, as I went down the rabbit hole, like my views changed. But Facebook will remind me, oh, this is what you said in 2009. Yeah, you weren't you weren't Mr. Libertarian then either. You know, you were still on your journey, like, you know. So it's it's good to have reminders uh sometimes that, you know, like, no, you uh, you know, hence, you know, Jesus like judge judge not lest ye be judged, you know, like you um you know, so wow, this is a weird a weird segue, but I used to do civil war reenacting. Mm-hmm. And there's two groups, not southern and and, and northern, but mainstream reenactors and what we called uh campaign reenactors and the mainstream reenactors would bring out their big a-frame tents their their wife and the kids they had cots they had uh, carpets they would lay down on the tent they had their coolers you know the whole nine yards it was like a picnic and then you had the campaigners who did exactly what the soldiers did on campaign which was all of your stuff is in your pack you and your and your buddies would put your you know stuff together to make a tent like make a dog tent and then, you know, you're, you're, uh, it's a more hardcore experience. Um, so there's always a bit of banter between the two groups, you know, ho, ho, you guys aren't doing it authentically. And like, oh, ho, ho, you guys like to go and hide off in your little group. And uh, the, the, the worst person that we could actually hang out with were other campaigners who had never experienced Sorry. being, uh, you're good. 
sorry go ahead sorry uh, yeah uh other so you'd have you know a lot of the campaigners had come from the mainstream side like you joined a regular group you know from your neighborhood or your your town or whatever your area and you go reenacting with them and then you realize like oh i'm not really doing this as authentic as i could i'm gonna go over to this side and then you had people who were brought in and they were immediately given like the the correct uniforms and like what they were made of how they were stitched you know, you're getting the the right uh, equipment and then you're hanging out with the group that's going to be doing it more authentic. And then they would make fun of the mainstream re reenactors. But the the way they did it wasn't with love. It was like, ha, 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 I'm better than you. And it's like, so we called them hardcore for Christmas. And it was like this idea that you got your hardcore uh, gear and mentality like a like a kid gets a Christmas present or present. You didn't earn this by going down the path. And uh, yeah, it's it's funny how people. Oh, I, I heard a joke was um, there's some uh, white people that were born on third base and then they boast for getting a triple play, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Um, well, you, and you have there has to be street credit. You have to earn your way, you know, into a spot by uh, other people trusting you and you know thinking that you're an adult. Well, you know, I, in my in my experience, you always call those people his, hipsters. And they're just, you know, <laughs> hipsters. Yeah, hipsters. You know, like, oh man, you think that's cool? Let me tell you about cool. Right. <laughs> you know, like it's like, dude, come on, man. Like, why do you always have to cast some shade on what I like? Because for me, I think the best part about life, and I know you feel this way too, is watching a light bulb go off in somebody's head about something magical that they just figured out right. and i love kids for that reason right. you know and i love seeing that even if i'm not a part of it it's such a cool moment when they get this realization of something that they that wasn't there before and you see this sheer like joy and excitement right. i love that part so i i i don't I don't get the ones who want to smash that. <laughs> oh, I really, really don't. I guess they're scared. I don't, or maybe they're just, maybe they're just grumpy. I don't know. I don't know. That, that doesn't, that's a weird thing to me, but I love that light bulb and I don't care how old you are. Uh, I love it when I see it and it's the right. same face, regardless of how old you are. Um, Like Scrooge. You know, mm -hmm. uh, we have this negative attitude towards Scrooge, but um, I saw a piece on on uh, the movie and they're talking about how, like, you go through this movie, these ghosts are literally saving him, right? Like, almost in a biblical sense, saving him from hell by, you know, but they go through all of his, all, all of his life. And they're showing they're they're deconstructing his life and all of the bad things that happened to him that caused him to have the PTSD, the anger, and the scaredness that have shut him away from the rest of society. And they're mm -hmm. and they're you know bringing him back in because he has suffered and that's why he is the person that he he was that day. And then he, you know, then he you know it's the same as Goodwill Hunting. You know like this isn't your fault, Will. Yeah. Like, this isn't your fault, Scrooge. You yeah. you had all these bad experiences. You were sent off to boarding school. You had a bad breakup with this girl. Like, you know, like you didn't have this, that, and the other thing. And that's why you're in the situation that you're in. But now you can change. Yeah.
Well, and it's the same as, but in a different way, the whole, the whole um, Gandalf thing when he sits him down and he's like, I just realized something that you're just a kid. Just kidding. Right. You don't you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Like you rip my fucking life apart, but you don't you've never you've never gone anywhere. Like you've right. never done anything. Um, right. you know, it's 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 your move, sport, you know, like you know, like you know, like he just is like you know, pushes back with that tough love, you right. know, but in just the perfect way. Yeah, that's a great movie. I love Goodwill Hunting. There's so many good movies, man. Like, and I love story yeah. for that reason. That's why I want people to own their stories because, like, dude, it's important. We all have a really cool story. A movie to shout out if you haven't seen it. Have you seen Freedom Writers? Freedom what? Writers. Writers. Has, yeah. Like um, mm -hmm. Okay. No, I have not. Um, it's really, really good. Hillary Swank. Um, it's a it's a teacher movie. But okay. um, it's really good. And I, I don't know if, you know, things progress so fast. I think it was like 2014. There's a moment in the film that I really don't think that she'd be able to win, win the kids the same way today as she mm -hmm. did in the movie. But I think in 2014, that would have worked. Now, I think we've reached levels of hopelessness within our youth and despondency that I don't think that she could have won them over the same way. But it's a really good film. And I do think that for listeners and for people out there who, like us, you know, kind of have the bug of like, let me show you something that maybe if I can't get through to you, maybe this can get through to you. And that's why I love art is because and everything right. is that it's it's just this way that, to plant seeds in your mind and and little truths that you know, you can kind of separate your own personal experience from it and learn something really cool to keep and hold as a perspective. It's a, it's a good movie. Uh, um, I, I recommend it highly. I think I had to actually pay to watch it on prime, but it's worth paying for. <laughs> um, do you have any closing, uh, things to say? And if you want to be contacted at all, how would you like to be contacted? um well geez closing remarks so yeah you know like i said uh i'm a liberty movement activist so um I, you know i would love for anybody who's interested to join the libertarian party whether it's uh here in maryland or, or elsewhere um and if you do i would highly suggest starting at the county level like just meeting other people and having a good chat um, but for me, you know, being the, the bigger movement is um, if you're if you find yourself on the far left or the far right uh, or the far libertarian, you know, three different quadrants, if you will, uh, you know, there's no radical moderates. Right. So nobody in the middle that's just like, I'm so radical about my middleism. Well, maybe um, you. <laughs> Well, you know, so it's funny as uh, some some friends of mine in, in the Liberta Libertarian Party, they talk about don't compromise, right? You don't want to be that moderate. And I'm like, okay, look, um, my T-shirt says tyranny response team. I'm an anarchist, right? I'm like, when you do the Nolan chart, like I'm all the way in the corner, away <laughs> from everybody else. Like I compromise every day that I show up to join or to be a part of the Libertarian Party of Maryland because like we are left-leaning libertarians right-leaning libertarians moderate-leaning libertarians and and the more radicals 
So me being a more radical, like I have to compromise all the time in order to just be in the middle of our group. Like it's, um, you're always going to be making sacrifices. But if, if, anyway, these three groups of people, if we can start uh, opening up dialogue, like the way that we've been talking today uh, and stop hating on each other because, you know, well, well, you are, you're on the different team. The only people that I despise are usually the ones who are elected to office or, um, well, I'll put it this way. There's those who drank the Kool-Aid and those who spite the Kool-Aid. And if you drank the Kool-Aid, you're a victim just like me, mm -hmm. right? Uh, um, government violence, right? The government using violence to push them down on you when you haven't hurt anyone. Um, we can argue until the cows come home about, you know, which laws should be repealed and which ones should be um, changed a little bit, you know, with all the semantics. But in the end, like, we're against government violence. And if you're against government violence, like, let's work together on that. Um, and we, like, we can't let the, the, the man, so to speak, you know, uh, separate us and have us hating on each other when none of us are actually responsible for what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um so yeah, if you want to join the LP, you know, the Libertarian Party, that's cool. If not, like that's cool. And if you want to work together on a single issue a coalition, you know, uh hit us up or uh get involved in the liberty movement, so to speak, in your own way. Mm -hmm. Um I don't have any personal, you know, uh, things. I mean, you can hit me up at Twitter, uh, David, D-A-H-V-E-E-D-82, because that's the year I was born, and, you know, David was already taken. Um, but, you know, other than that, uh, just find the, find the liberty movement in your own way. Fantastic. I love that. And I feel assured that we will be friends for many years to come because of how you are. So thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. I think this is a great podcast. Thanks for having me. Definitely. All right, listeners. Not so sure if you feel white-pilled or not, but I thought I'd give some contextual definition. And this was shared with me by David himself after the podcast. To be white-pilled. One, being aware of a difficult situation or position and having a fighting can-do attitude and not giving up plus accomplishing said things within the difficult situation. Two, being optimistic, not merely through gut feelings, but via having thought about a situation enough to understand how to get through it successfully. So whatever you feel at the end of this podcast, my hope is, is that it primed you for the week that you're going to trudge into this week feeling more confident, knowing that both my friend and I, Dave and I, have done so before. We've been doing so for many, many years. And despite differences that we've had between each other, we've always figured out a way to be friends. So I certainly hope that y'all can do that too. Be white-pilled. Be awesome. God bless you. And as always, thank you very, very much for your time. Thanks for listening. You can find The Apprenticeship Diaries on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our IG is the underscore apprenticeship underscore diaries. If you would like to offer constructive criticism or an interview, drop us an email at theapprenticeshipdiaries at gmail.com. We, we look, look forward, forward to hearing, hearing from, from our, our listeners. listeners.